Today's scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to the firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and this child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Dear friends of Jesus Christ, those of you who read my personal blog post last week already know that I preached my first Christmas morning sermon when I was 24 years old. And that wasn't because anybody in the church was anxious to hear what I had to say. That was because I was the only available option on on that particular morning. The senior pastor had left for another church uh, just a few weeks before that, and and, uh, I think they thought I was the only one who could stand up on Sunday morning and do this. Lots of people gave me advice about what to do with that sermon, and when you are a young pastor, uh, you have hundreds of people who like to give you friendly advice. Actually, when you're an older pastor, there are uh, lots of people uh, who like to give you friendly advice, but that's another story. Uh, Anyway, the best advice that I received before uh, preaching that Christmas morning sermon was from an elder at the church, and he said, you know, Doug, at Christmas people just want to hear the beautiful music, and they want to sing the carols, especially the familiar ones, and then they want to listen to the Christmas story, so whatever you do, don't get in the way of the Christmas story. And I think he was right. This uh, Iowa farmer, his name was uh, Bob Faber, he was appeared to me to be strong as a bull, He always slept through uh, my sermons uh, because he was up so early milking the cows. I think he was right, Uh, namely that a preacher 
should not get in the way of the Christmas story. The Christmas story does not need my help. It is a wonderful and powerful story. Maybe, I think a good argument could be made for this, maybe the most exciting story in the whole Bible. And the worst thing that could happen would be if a young theological student, which is what I was, started to explain the story. Right? But there is something that I want to say today. Something that I think is terribly important. Something that helps me to understand what exactly is happening in Luke's version of the Christmas story. The psychologist Jonathan Haidt Uh, once published some very intriguing data on something he called elevation. And as he defined it, elevation is the opposite of uh, disgust. And it seems to me we can all think of things that uh, disgust us or cause us to feel revulsion. Uh, For example, when a a truck uh, plows through a crowd of people at a Christmas market in Germany, we feel disgust. And, and horror and revulsion. When we see pictures of the devastation in Aleppo, we feel disgust and, and anger and, and outrage. When, when we see a co-worker act dishonestly, when we see a, a church member act in a, a hypocritical way, we feel disgust about that. You know, there's a, a physical response. There's a tightening in the chest and there's a a, a clenching of the jaw and maybe there's a, a flutter of indigestion in the stomach. But according to the research provided by Jonathan Haidt, there is an opposite feeling which is every bit as powerful. And uh, he did not mean his research to be uh, about the Christmas story, but as a believer and as a, a preacher, I made this connection immediately. Uh, Haidt says that when we are witnesses to what he calls acts of moral beauty. When we witness something so good and and so generous and so self-sacrificing, that also has a a, a profound effect on us. Those things, he says, elevate us. They move us to want to do something similar. Uh, If you see someone help a stranger or you perform an act of, of kindness, let's say, Uh, you might not think that would uh, affect us much, but studies show that there is a physical response to that. Uh, Feelings of warmth, there's a a sudden rush of tears, maybe a lump in the throat. And and more importantly, seeing an act of of moral beauty prompts within us a desire to do likewise, to uh, be that kind of person ourselves. Uh, But there's more, one one more thing, This, this kind of elevation... Uh, according to the research, is contagious. Uh, If if someone tells us a story about something heroic, it it, it can elevate an entire auditorium of people. Uh, Christians have known this for a long, long time, and it's why we encourage people to give their testimonies in, in worship, to talk about how God has been active in their lives. So when someone stands in front of us and says, I was lost, but now I'm found, we... I I don't know about you, but we find ourselves moved in ways we did not expect. And studies show that these stories can change the whole course of our lives. So what does this have to do with the Christmas story? Well, think of the shepherds. 
I mean, what happened to them out in the fields as they were keeping watch over their flocks by night was something of profound moral beauty. They heard from the angels a message of transcendent hope, and it was so good, so beautiful, so powerful. And so these men who were, they were at the lowest rung of the social order, for example, their their testimony would not have been uh, admissible in in a court of law, and beyond that, they were just filthy. These men found themselves elevated by the message they heard. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about them. We are still celebrating them. We are still honoring them. We're, we're, We're still encouraging our children to dress up like them at the Christmas program. It's remarkable when you think about it. The the message of the angels and and the things those shepherds saw in Bethlehem elevated their hearts into a realm of hope and joy, a a realm that they had never known before. They wanted to be different people because of what they saw and what they heard that night. And, And here's the thing, they were different people. They became the first evangelists, think of this. They they were the first witnesses to start telling the gospel story. Uh, Luke tells us that everyone was amazed at what the shepherds said. (laughs) Their sense of moral and spiritual elevation was contagious, and it it quickly began to spread to a great number of people. And, and, And what did the shepherds say? Well, we're not told exactly, but they probably repeated what the angels had said. They talked about peace and hope. Right? They used words like Savior and Christ the Lord. It's the same story we've been telling this, this entire Advent season. It's the same story people have been telling every year since that first Christmas. There's one line from the angel that I want, to, that I want you to remember this morning, and I think it captures the, the, the essence of the good news The angel said, to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I think that if we were to remember just that one line, just those few words that we would find ourselves lifted up and elevated and and moved to live our lives differently. Think of it this way, when... Uh, We receive a birth announcement uh, when I stand at the front of the the church, as I did quite a few Sundays this this fall, and announce that a baby has been born and that a family in our church has has been celebrating the arrival of a new son or daughter. I I typically say it in a certain way. You can almost predict the the words that I'm going to say. When I called my family and and Susan's family after the birth of our first child, all all I could get out of my mouth was, it's a girl. And I didn't have to say anything more than that, and I couldn't say anything more than that because I would cry every time I made the announcement, it's a girl. And what no one ever says to announce the birth of a baby, not in any culture with which I am familiar, what no one ever says is, to you, a daughter is born. To you, a son is given. If I had called my parents that morning and said to you, a granddaughter has been born, they would have said, well, Doug didn't get enough sleep last night. (laughs) You know where I'm going with this, don't you? 
the way the angels made the announcement is and has always been astonishing. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In the Greek, and this is going to be my only reference to the, the original language uh, this morning, but in the Greek, the, the, the personal pronoun here, uh, you is, is plural, and it is in the dative case. And English, as most of you know, has no dative case, but many languages do, including German. And when they do, the, the dative is for things that come directly to another person or to a group of people. So at Christmas, I, I give this gift to you. Right? This is for you. This baby is for you. Right? He has come to and for us. And, and, and when the shepherds heard that, and I, I want you to notice this too, when the, when the shepherds heard those words, they, they didn't say, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and find out if it's true. Let's go and find out what really happened. You know, we might have said that. I, I probably would have said that. But they didn't say that. Instead, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, right? which the angel has made known to us. It's remarkable. Uh, no doubt in their minds, it happened. And, and now the only thing to do was to go and, and see it for themselves. Uh, I must tell you, and you won't be surprised to hear me say this, I must tell you that, that for me, Christmas never gets old. This message never gets old. Christmas has changed a, a great deal over the years for me. I used to come out of my skin, I was a child, I used to come out of my skin with excitement and anticipation, counting the days down to, to Christmas. I couldn't wait to see the presents under the tree. Uh, I love to get the presents. I mean, what child doesn't? Right? And now, uh, the presents that I receive from family members uh, show up on my credit card statement in January. <laughs> so... <laughs> Receiving gifts has changed in meaning uh, in, in adulthood. But the wonder of the season has never gone away. Uh, hearing Handel's Messiah, as we did last week in worship, uh, listening to a couple of our home groups sing the carols at Altersheims in, in Manadorf and Milan, uh, holding my candle at the Christmas Eve service uh, here last night, putting up the tree and handling the ornaments, which I attach every single year to the tree. These are ways that we enter into the mystery and wonder of this season. Last uh, week, uh, this was on Thursday night at about uh, 6 o'clock, uh, I did something that I uh, have not done before. This is my third uh, Christmas season uh, with you. And I, uh, I stood along the Limont River with a few thousand other people. We were on the bridges and... Uh, along the sides of the river, and I watched as hundreds of candles uh, floated down the Limont River. Lichterschwimmen, you can help me with my pronunciation later. Well, no one said anything. There were thousands of, uh, of people there, I, I mean, beyond what I could count anyway, and, and it was mostly quiet, eerily quiet. Which is remarkable in itself. There was no applause. People simply uh, stood in silence and, and watched these uh, candles float away into the night. 
And when it was over, we simply walked away and found the nearest tram. And I thought, you know, we human beings are capable of seeing and, and recognizing beauty. We may be the only form of life on the planet which, which is able to do that. We know what it means to feel wonder and awe. We have the capacity, you and I, to be quiet and, and to see beauty in something so simple and so unexpected. This is what the, the, the shepherds did that night. Silently, they listened to the angels. And they watched as a, a whole multitude of the, the heavenly host joined that, that first angel, and they listened to the most beautiful chorus that the world has ever heard. And, and when they picked themselves up off the ground, they were changed men. I mean, they were no longer the same people that they had been, and, and they had to do something in response to what they had heard and seen. And so they marched off to Bethlehem to see what the angels had been singing about. And they talked about it first with each other and then with anyone who would listen to them. They repeated the words that, that they had heard. And all marveled at what the shepherds said. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but uh, it seems to me that we do this every single week here in worship. We hear the word spoken, and, and we hear the angels sing, and, and when it is over, we are changed people. And, and there is only one thing we can do, and that's to get up and do something about it. All right, we have to tell someone, anyone, who will listen to us. It's so beautiful. So powerful, so wonderful. This news is a great joy to all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's good news.